said, well, do you think I'm pretty? He said, no, I think you're handsome. Hey guys, today we are talking about our beauty story and how the world's view and other people's view of beauty has affected the way we love up on ourselves. Chantel. Yes. Are you ready to dive in? I am nervous. Um, okay. Only because um mulling the idea of beauty over the last couple of days and weeks, mm-hmm. um, it brought up some uncomfortable spaces for me. Okay. Well, no, this is a safe space and... That's what we're here to be, to be vulnerable and transparent and open because trust me, anything that you're feeling or saying, you are not alone. Mm, thank you. Um, beauty for me is a complex um, situation because when you look in the mirror, you're like, oh yeah, I can see that I'm okay and I'm pretty. I just don't think it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that because it stems from me uh, being a child and it started in the second grade. Mm-hmm. When I was in second grade through the fifth grade, I'll never remember, never forget. Um, his name was Lester, which is a, oh. a creepy name anyway. Okay, um, Lester. <laughs> <laughs> he would pick on me and tell me that I was ugly all mm-hmm. the time. And oh, to be in a situation and being in school at those times, because I don't think my parents were paying attention to it or they really mm-hmm. cared about it. But like that was like the first time like I knew that I was pretty not Mm -hmm. pretty but I was okay looking but when you get a daily reminder you're ugly you're fat and then like in gym no one wants to pick you to be on their team because you're like bigger than the other kids you start to be like okay maybe I'm not that pretty and then um when I got older in middle school I went to a private a catholic school and I was maybe one of two black people, four Haitians mm-hmm. in my class. Everybody else was white and Polish. And what that means, majority of the guys was white and Polish. And I don't know about a lot of other people, but, you know, they were really not into brown girls. Yeah. It's so crazy, though, when you think about it, like, because when we are in school, we're kind of in these little worlds that our parents like you know we go to school we come home like oh yeah i had a good day but it's like meanwhile you're really going through some stuff throughout that day at school that's like really like beating you down and no one's really aware of it and even on some level at that age you're probably not even really aware of how that's affecting you yeah definitely so so then you go like you know and i was developing you know full disclosure i got my period when i was in the second grade. So while the girls were getting oh, training, wow. um, training bras and I was like, you know, oh my God, I killed someone. And my mom was like, no, welcome to womanhood. Yeah. It's always traumatic. Um, it was traumatic um, getting my period at a young age. But, you know, fast forward after middle school, I go to high school I'm in a new high school because, you know, I knew some of the people that was in my public high school, but not everybody because I was at a private school, Catholic school mm-hmm. in the middle. And none of the guys liked me. You know, mm-hmm. later on down the road when you're like 20s and 30s, you'll find out, oh, I really thought she was cute. No, you didn't. You didn't pay me uh, <laughs> the time of day. And Exactly. <laughs> not to mention, I thought half of you guys were stupid and dumb as hell, but that's just me and my thoughts. 
Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in high school, um, I liked this guy. His name was Andre. Um, we calling out names. Yes. <laughs> and, um, you know, this bastard, he says to me, you know, I'm like, oh, and, you know, we're in the vice principal's office. And, mm-hmm. you know, I never, I'm, I was like, you know what? Let me shoot my shot. Let me shoot my shot. I was like, okay. oh, you think I'm pretty? He was like, no, I think you're handsome. Oh, what does that mean? And I was so thrilled because I knew what handsome meant. But I was like, does this stupid jock even know what handsome really means? Or he just regurgitated something that he heard somebody else say. Damn. So my first 18, 17, 18 years of life, mm-hmm. um, men have always been attracted to me. But for me to internally believe that I am beautiful, I didn't really start believing that until I was in my 30s. Yeah. Yeah, I can relate to that. Wow, girl. What about you? Like, what What was your first experiences with this? So it's, it's, all right. so it's kind of strange because like I don't really remember thinking too much about like how I looked when I was like young, young. Mm-hmm. And then like I, I went to a private school and then in fourth grade, my parents transferred me to a public school. And so it was just kind of like a culture shock to me because, you know, I was used to going to school every day. Everyone basically, you know, dressing pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. I don't ever remember thinking like about how I look physically. And then when I'm in this public school, you know, it's like everyone is like dressed differently. You know, everyone, like you, you learn pretty quickly, like who are like the cute girls in school, because those are the girls that everyone wants. And you then realize that, wait, I don't look like these people. Yep. And I don't even dress like them because I was so, you know, I didn't know anything about like pop culture and things like that was really sheltered. Mm -hmm. So it was just like, okay, wow. So then, you know, even like throughout elementary, throughout middle and high school, it was just really kind of that same thing. Like I never felt like I fit in, you know, I was always really just felt like I was like the complete opposite of like what that standard beauty, what that cute girl looked like. Mm. And then like middle school, I started like watching like uh, music videos and like really starting to get into like all of that. And I don't even think I realized it when I was watching it, but even with that, you quickly learn like, okay, you know, look at these exotic or unique looking women. Like these are the women that like are beautiful and then it's like that comparison. You start comparing yourself to that. Like they're the standard. Hands down. Exactly. And I was just like the awkward girl that could never be that. Like at all. And you're just consuming, consuming, consuming Mm -hmm. all of these images. And, you know, I've, because of like a lot of this, like, you know, I've been, I've been extremely insecure with myself for most of my life Um, because like, to be honest, like I never really thought that there was anything like unique about me. You know, you look at the girls on TV and, you know, and even, I think it was more so 
TV. There were aspects of like, you know, again, like the cute girls in school, but you look at them and you're like, mm, you know, they have something extra about them. It's something about them. And it's like, mm, there ain't nothing about me. And I really carried that throughout like my time in school. Mm-hmm. So I would do things, you know, like a, a lot of girls, you know, we saw this like you would do the things like, you know, I would do the weaves and, you know, there was yeah. a time I had the color contacts, you know, yeah, you know, that. you couldn't tell me nothing. Like I had my hazel eyes and yes. I was different and you're doing all this stuff because it's an attempt to be different. It's an attempt to be unique. It's an attempt to, you know, like, oh, you know, look at me. There is something about me for you to like. Yeah. And so, um, hmm. like, as I got older, that kind of transformed because I was able to realize that I could use, like, my sexuality to create, like, an illusion of, like, confidence. So, you know, my 20s was filled with, like, you know, I always had on the hills. I was always, it, I was always trying to do something to be sultry and to be, you know, cute. I was very flirtatious. There were, I was doing all these things to overcompensate for the fact that I didn't really feel like I was the prettiest girl in the room, but it was something about the sex appeal that, you know, could make me at least compete. You know what I, I mean? I definitely agree with that. So I don't know. It's crazy. It, it really, um, it's crazy because it, when you think about it, it's like it was just always a focus on my external. And like, that was all about, like, I don't think, I mean, you know, like every once in a while, I'd be like, oh, you know, I want to be a better person. But like, I didn't really care about the internal work, probably until I was really honestly pushing 30. Like, before then, it was really about the external stuff and how can I be validated externally? You know, because I really thought that was like the, the gateway because you look around and you look at all the pretty girls and the cute girls and you look at, and it appears, cause it's not true. And it appears that, you know, they have the perfect life. They got yep. a man, people want them. Yep. But I mean, now we know, like that's not really the reality of no, it. No, because it's a, <laughs> it's really a bunch of people like in high school, when I got into my thirties, I looked at, I was like, did I really want to be beautiful to these people? Because the things that these girls were subjecting themselves to, like, mm-hmm. I didn't yeah. want any part of like, I didn't, I didn't want to be having abortions in the 10th grade. I didn't want to be pregnant yeah. in the 10th grade or catching mm-hmm. STDs. Like, no, that's not what I wanted. And, you know, no shade to the women who or the girls who were involved in those things. But I don't think mm-hmm. me as a person, I needed that. Yeah. Well, yeah, none of us do. We don't need it. But I think that's the thing. You don't even realize that sometimes things are a protection for you. You know, sometimes it is a covering for you that that you aren't in the middle of that. You know, it it to be the girl that everybody wants and to be the girl that, you know, everyone sexualizes. What does that really what is, what result does that really yield for that girl, especially at a young age? Nothing at all. And yeah, what I've realized too, but the great default um, I liked about myself was it made me more open to people that I usually would not be open to. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got into college, um, I would 
not seclude myself to a certain sect of people. Like I'm not going to front. I love my black people and, you know, mm-hmm. being on Seton Hall University campus, it wasn't too many of us. And so we clung mm-hmm. together. But as I went through college, I learned how to develop and make relationships with people that were um, totally different to me on the spectrum. Okay. Um, and it helped redefine the way that I identify beauty in a way. Mm-hmm. And I learned to um, develop more internal things about myself because I realized looks can fade. But what mm-hmm. are you? Yeah. What are, what are you? If I lost my sight tomorrow, what would I see in the place of your face? Yeah. So I started working on those things inside of me. Um, what are some things you think? Um, cause I've done it. Like you talked about the contact lenses and the weaves and stuff. What are some things that we have done to extremely adjust to the beauty standard? I mean, I think really for me, that was just really it. You know, I just, all those things of like, what can I do to, be attractive Mm -hmm. you know and so I feel like I would always like you know I was kind of like a chameleon in a way like if I would look and see like okay this is what you need to do to be cute today like you could see maybe like oh this was the shoes that you had to wear or this is how your hair need to be done so like I would do that and then like if next week it was something different like I would be that like if they're like I feel like I've always been like this chameleon just trying to fit in Mm -hmm. you know like I could go from one day with the short hairstyle and you know this type of look and then I could see like oh look at this girl she's getting all that attention she has like the long you know silky weave so let me get that and let me dress like how she dresses and then the next week I could be like oh you know the girl with the big fro she's getting all that attention let me be like that so it was just always me trying to like ebb and flow and to find, I guess, validation. Um, and that became me like being so many different people, basically. Yeah, I could dig that. Like you said before with the high heels, because I didn't stumble upon makeup until I was like 19, 20 in college. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I didn't even, and this is crazy. I didn't even really come into being a, like my mom would dress me up as a mm-hmm. daughter because my dad's a minister and we had to go to church every freaking Sunday. <laughs> but- I didn't really come into wanting to be a woman until I was like 19 in college. Mm-hmm. Like I'd rather have jeans, my hair back in cornrows, sneakers, and leave me the hell alone. Yeah. And what I realized was um, I was trying to fit something that really wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it looked nice to other people. It looked pretty in uh, pictures. But I was freaking miserable. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, I'm more I'm more comfortable. I like my flat shoes. I will rock some heels and I will wear a beat face. But I'm not getting up in the morning at five o'clock every day to make sure my makeup is together. I'm not going to be going oh, outside. Yeah, that's too much. And my hair is going to be put together like I just came for the salon every day. I'm not doing that. Yeah. So I think it's, it's really, it is about learning to just develop that level of comfortability with yourself. And I, th- I think it does start with doing like the internal work because I was like that too. Like, I mean, you know, it, 
it always had to be some extra stuff. I had to have the high heels. And it's like, it's nothing wrong with that. Like, I still like my heels. But I'm also realizing, too, that, like, as I separate myself from things, I'm good with just, like, a t-shirt and some ripped jeans and, you know, some cute shoes. And I'm okay with that. Like, I don't always need to be just, like, the extra. Mm -hmm. But... And realizing that everything that I was doing before, it was, it was that. It was, you know, you, it was for the attention. It wasn't for me. You know, I want to do now, I want to do things now for me. Like, what do I like? You know, before it was, it was like, oh, okay, I'm going to do this because I want to be seen. I want some validation. I want somebody to make a comment and say, oh, girl, look at your shoes. Oh, girl, look at what you have on. Because I felt like that was all that I had. And I mean, <laughs> again, you'll always feel like that until you do the internal work. You are absolutely right. The internal work, when you start doing it, it'll actually manifest itself and you will look a lot more beautiful. You will look a lot yeah. more pretty. People will want to navigate towards you. Um, this might sound silly and crazy. For some unknown reason, people come up to me and tell me their problems. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't really know you, but I'm going to still sit here and be like, okay, wow, how are you going to handle that? Mm-hmm. And yeah. the beauty in this situation is you just help the person and not realize they solve their own problems because you didn't solve anything. Mm-hmm. You just listen. And that's a beautiful attribute. Yes. Not get me a husband, but yes. <laughs> well, hey, you never know what I'm saying, though. It, it, it really is. It's important for us to just kind of like just break away from these traditional ideas of what it means to be attractive. Mm. And it's important for us, too, to not to. OK, yes, we need to sow those seeds within ourselves, but even to other women, because. Again, we find ourselves, you know, you can hear some people being so critical about like, oh, how someone else looks or how someone else chooses to dress or how someone else chooses to present themselves in the world. And we have to learn to be kinder to ourselves because I feel like people don't realize how powerful words are. Mm -hmm. And even in like, even in my life, like I think about things that people have said to me (laughs) that have stuck with me. And, you know, if anything, like, you know, we talked about like the media, we talked about like, you know, just going through um, the journey through school and how that has affected us. But I feel like, you know, that may have laid the foundation, but the things that people, especially people that you care about say to you, um, that kind of like push on those points, that stuff right there, I mean, (laughs) that just kind of like, confirms and validates that foundation and i mean i could think about girl so i might want to name names on this but you know there are some things and i had to write this down because it's crazy the stuff that i still remember people saying mm-hmm. to me so for example now mind you this this is, is from someone that i was actually in a relationship with and he said this to me as we were laying in the bed together um quotes Maybe if you lost weight, I would be attracted to you, end quote. <laughs> so, exactly. Then you have, um, okay, this is another quote. And this wasn't even meant maliciously. But again, sometimes like, it, doesn't even, it doesn't even really matter sometimes if it's meant maliciously or not. Because if you have that pain point and someone yes. taps at it, it's, it's still going to hurt. And so, oh, you know, oh, look at your little butt. Okay, thanks. <laughs> um, I'm a grown woman. <laughs> I, I even had 
um, somebody and say, oh, I want, you know, our child together to be Eric's complexion. So, you know, my son is light skin. He's a light, lighter tone. So at the time, the guy who said this that I was in a relationship with, you know, me and him was the same complexion. And we're like a little darker brown. So, you know, of course. And that was one thing I never, I don't think I ever really fully um, had like colorism. Yeah. Um, insecurities, but in that relationship, I had it like I had it full blown. Like I felt completely insecure around a light skinned woman when I was in his presence. I felt um because it was just like that. Yep, that tapping on that. Like okay, I'm not something's wrong with me. Um, I even had somebody who. Um, I used to be in a relationship tell me like, I guess we were just having like a random conversation about like, oh, you know, what would be your perfect, you know, woman or whatever. And he was like, oh, you know, I would want so-and-so's body, so-and-so's face, whatever. He's like, oh yeah, I would want our friendship. <laughs> and so, <laughs> Men girl. So cool. it, it, but the thing is, but you know what the crazy thing is though? At the time, and it's like, okay, first of all, let me just thank God that even though I can remember these statements, I don't carry them the way I used to carry them. And then I can look at it and see it for what it is now. Like, because honestly, for real, for real, um, the person that I I am becoming, the person that I want to be, that last statement to me, you know, is a compliment. Because anything could change my body. Anything could change my face. But the fact that you value my companionship you value my personality who I am as a person and at that time that made me feel so crazy but looking back and now thinking like that's a compliment Mm -hmm. but the things that people but the things like I said the things that people say though I mean they they stick with you They they do and we have to we have to put ourselves just in a position to reverse the narrative that people have given us and just reverse the narrative that we've put on ourselves. And in order to do that, you, you gotta do the work. There's no escaping that. The work is, and people don't understand the work. The work is so much worth it because, Mm -hmm. you know, um, it's funny because you talk about the work. I'm reading a book called 10 times method that you um, recommended that I read and I'm reading it. And the one key thing I'm learning in the book that he says is if you outwork everybody, no one will be on mm-hmm. your level. And yeah. a lot of times we have to take that and internalize it saying, if we do the work on ourselves the way we supposed to, no one, mm-hmm. we will have a guarded mind and a guarded spirit and no one will be able to penetrate our armor with that, that comment, like, Maybe if you lost weight, I would be more attracted to you. We'd just flip our hair and be like, you know what? Or puff our weed. You know what? I think I'm going to lose weight right now. You. Bye. Exactly. Bye. Goodbye. (laughs) And not internalize it like, it's me. Something's wrong with me. He doesn't want me. Like, nah, boo. Nah. Mm -mm. (sighs) But, I mean, I I feel like in this, it's... It's a lesson, you know what I mean? Like there are lessons to learn from this. And I, I wouldn't take I'm I'm glad that these things happen. I'm glad that I felt these ways because I have learned things that I feel like are gonna help me 
you know, moving forward mm-hmm. in my next phase and stage of life. So, I mean, if you could think about, you know, any lessons or like takeaways, like what would your lessons or takeaways be? Lessons, um, you are the maker of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, when you realize this power, you you can be anything you want to be. Um, Kanye West, when he was conscious, mm-hmm. the one we love, he said, um, the beauty, the most beautiful people do the ugliest things on the riches on the road to diamond rings. And mm-hmm. I realized that as I live in, in the takeaway of life is the people who have true beauty in their spirit and their soul, you want to be with them more than you do with the people that look good because it feeds them. That look that look good and act yes, bad. Because they, yeah. they feed something in your spirit that's so wonderful. And that's what you mm-hmm. want to be a part of. So those are two takeaways that I, I took away from it. What about you? I mean, I think first and foremost, I think I have to realize, okay, what what is your standard going to be? What is your, um, what's going to be the bar- barometer for how you feel about yourself. And I had to think about like, you know, forget what social media or homeboy in the block says, like, who does God say I am? And I had to realize that, you know, he trumps all of that because, you know, people are disappointing. People are inconsistent. People have motives. They do. Um, you know, the industry has motives, you know, for making us feel the way that they do about ourselves. You know, it's about money. So when I look at it from that lens and realize, you know, he wants the best for me. So who does he say I am? And there's a scripture that I feel like is so beautiful because it just, I don't know, let me share it. So basically, okay, your beauty should not come from outward adornment such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's Mm. sight. And my goal for myself is to be worthy and to be beautiful in God's sight. And he's not talking about how I look on the outside he's not saying oh if you have that pimple on your face today or that dark spot but for real you know what i mean we are so we become so surface level and it's like god not talking about none of that it is nowhere where he's like girl beat your (laughs) face so that i can find you worthy it just it just doesn't doesn't. work that way and then um, another thing, too, I feel like it's just learning to shut everything down mm-hmm. every once in a while. Because I do notice a difference in myself when I'm not on social media, when I'm not, like, immersing myself into, like, kind of, like, all of this, you know, basically marketing influence that tries to make us feel like we aren't good enough. And I'm able to kind of dial it back and realize, like, okay, I feel okay with myself. The moments when I start feeling like a little off kilter is when I'm logged on to social media. And I mean, think about it. Even natural hair community, like, you know, you if you thinking like, okay, I'm good. I'm nat- I got natural hair. Do you, you know, you look when you see the girls, you know, like this curls popping. Why my curls not popping yep. like that? Why my twist out don't look like that? It's like a big comparison game. And so, yeah, I think that kind of shutting that out and creating kind of like a sacred space for yourself where 
you're just really aligning yourself with God and aligning yourself with yourself, basically, without these extra outside influences. Mm. So, um, yeah, I think that's really important. And then just complimenting yes. ourselves. Like, sometimes you just gotta, like, sometimes you just gotta come off, like, you know what? Yes, I'm attractive. I'm beautiful. I'm amazing. And you need to just say these things to yourself every day or the regular because at the end of the day, if you wait for this validation from the outside world, man, this world is flaky. You know, you could be the bomb one minute and the next minute they don't care about you. So you have to believe in yourself for yourself. Mm -hmm. Drop the mic. (laughs) Key up Remy Martin. I'm conceited right now, everybody.